0: Hey, I'm Zanzi, and welcome to Farmers Inside Track, episode 221. I'm your host, Dornumdu. Now, truffle farming is a fairly young but growing industry in South Africa. Discovering the ins and outs of this farming practice to produce what's referred to as black gold was absolutely fascinating, and I do hope you enjoyed this week's edition as much as I did. Now, over to you, Food for Zanzi, commercial journalist Octavius Pandil And welcome to Farmers Inside Track, Paul Miros from Woodford Truffle, South Africa. Thank you, Dawn. Paul Miros, can you share with us what is the basic
1: information about truffles as a grower?
2: The first thing really to know is what really is a truffle. And you need to understand that the truffle is the fruiting body of the fungus that is growing on the host plant. The host plant is the oak tree. You can use different, certain different trees that can accept a mycorrhiza, which is what the fungus is. But the fungus is the truffle's fruiting body, actually.
1: What type of climate do you normally grow truffles in? Is there specific climate or can it be grown anywhere in South Africa?
2: There's different kinds of truffles all around the world. The most common one that is the easiest to grow is the black winter truffle, otherwise known as the French perigord truffle. This particular species needs a cold environment to grow in. And the truffle actually grows underground, so it's a little bit protected from the environment as such. But essentially it needs to be in quite sort of snowy temperature, so it's up high in the mountains. We actually use a measurement called cold units to determine whether the site is able to grow the truffle. And The minimum requirement of cold units is around 750 cold units it's quite difficult to explain you can check your site on google actually you can look on the the mapping system from the government and see what the cold unit split is across the country we've actually got a gisap system where all the temperatures are displayed on a contour system across the whole country so it's quite easy for me to simply check on a gps coordinate whether that site can handle this cold but then you do get other truffles that don't need that cold Problem is that they're not maybe as commercially viable as the black winter truffles. We as a business decided to really stick with the black winter truffle as the the best one.
1: Can you talk about the soil preparation process as well? How important is it to prepare your soil to grow truffles?
2: So, soil is really important over and above the temperature. If your temperature isn't right, you're not going to get the truffles. But the soil is quite critical in that the fungus likes to grow in a, a very alkaline soil. So we're talking about 7.8, a pH of 7.8. Most South African soils are sitting at around 4 pH or 4.5 to 5 pH. That's quite acidic. Understanding that pH zone that you want to be growing in means that you have to firstly check your soil before you plant, make sure that you're in that right place. If it's not correctly changed into the pH, your tree might grow, but your truffles won't fruit actually. So to get the pH of a soil down to 7.8, that alkaline state you've actually got to really work lime calcitic lime into the soil to about 40 centimeters deep which is not an easy task now we're talking about a lot of lime some people think we're crazy when we put some up to 90 tons of lime per hectare it's a lot of lime and you need to do it all in one go what that does to the soil is quite phenomenal it actually locks up a lot of the nutrients that are in the soil and makes those nutrients unavailable to the tree so that puts the tree in a bit of a vulnerable situation but it's very important to do that because without that alkaline state, you will not fruit truffles. And if you try get your pH after you've planted the trees, then you're going to be disturbing roots and you're going to be interfering with the whole system underground, which is vital. You cannot disturb that. The mycorrhiza or this fungi attaches itself to the root tips of fresh growing roots. And as each season, as these roots develop in the soil, You can understand you don't really want to damage them. You don't want to disturb them. You want them to really have a nice life underground. So disturbing the soil down below 10 to 15 centimeters is a no-no. So soil preparation or choosing your site is critical. The next most important thing to take into account is that the soil needs to be well drained. You don't want a soil that's going to be clayey or it's going to hold the moisture for too long because that species of fungus doesn't want it in a wet, clammy soil that you need the water to really drain through quite quickly and be able to dry out straight afterwards. And and essentially what's happening is you're aerating the soil as a result of that drainage. So a slope is better. It doesn't have to be a big slope. You still want to get your tractor through there, especially when you're trying to get the lime into the soil. Again, you can go on Google and you can look for the soil triangle for truffle specifically. It likes a kind of a sandy soil. You don't want to have a piece of land that you've had fertilizers in because the fungus does not like fertilizer. Essentially what you're trying to create in the soil is an environment where all the natural biosphere in the soil can live harmoniously. And the moment you start fertilizing, you're taking that job away from those that biosphere and you're feeding the tree, sure, but you're not feeding the mycorrhiza, the fungi. So the fungi's job is to actually scavenge the soil and find nutrients and bring it to the tree. The tree's job it's the symbiotic relationship. The tree's job is to photosynthesize and bring carbohydrates down to the fungus. That's what they call a the symbiotic relationship. So the soil we plant in is actually quite a poor soil, well-drained and poor soil. It cannot be very, you see, you don't really want an acidic soil. So things like composts, they actually acidify the soil more. So you don't really want to feed your soil with either fertilizers or composts. It's best to do cover crop type exercises, which is a natural way of feeding the soil. What happens over time, say in about the third to fourth year, is the tree develops what we call a brulee around the stem of the tree. And it's essentially what you can see is a sort of a dead patch where nothing's really growing under the tree. And that actually is the mycorrhiza scavenging nutrients and taking it to the tree and feeding it, not allowing anything else to grow in that area. Because there's obviously a a shortage of nutrients because they're locked up by the calcium, the liming. That's the ideal soil environment you were trying to create. So a heavy liming up front brings your pH up to about 7.8. Another thing to understand is that liming actually takes about a year to two years really to ameliorate in the soil and then settle into a place where you can now say, okay, the soil is 7.8. And it's a long process to get your soil right. So it's a lot of patience needed if you want to be a truffle farmer. You mentioned
1: that the soil needs to be prepared really well and even drained quite well. Maybe can you tap into a little bit of the water requirements? I'm assuming that it's not that excessive regarding your water requirements. Can you just tell us a little bit more on how to grow truffles Mm. and the the water requirements there?
2: We get the soil, well-drained soil. In South Africa, we've got quite extreme climates. We have a lot of drought. We have large periods of time with maybe no rainfall. What you have to think about is, this is a European species, this truffle, and we're trying to emulate that rainfall and that climatic condition that happens in Europe. Essentially, you have this crazy Mediterranean thunder showers. you get rainfall sort of every 21 days. It's more or less that's the Right now with climate change, it's all over the show, but that's kind of the pattern that we're looking for. So setting up an irrigation system is quite critical in South Africa. You need to be able to bring water to that tree when required. You don't want that top layer of soil, and I'm talking top layer, it's the 30 centimeters where really the roots are scavenging for nutrients. You don't want that to dry out completely. You don't want it to be wet constantly either. So it's difficult to say exactly how much water is needed. You need to know what your soil can do, how it handles the water that you're giving it. We recommend putting a microjet system onto each tree, obviously a design system that each tree must have a microjet. And you can change the nozzle of the microjet and start watering outward of the tree stem. In your first year, you're watering the tree so that it doesn't die. If the tree is quite vulnerable in in this first planting moment. So that first year, you're pushing a taproot down and you're watering in such a way that that taproot pushes down as far as possible. That's going to sustain the, the tree in a drought situation, which you are going to get to in your third year. You're going to create a stressful condition for this tree. Which sends a signal down to the mycorrhiza on the roots to start procreating and producing truffles, which is the spore. So you're playing around with a quite a scientific methodology, really. But once you understand it, it becomes simple. You need a little hand holding up front. But the microjet you can start, the tree is about 30 to 40 centimeters tall, coming out the ground. That needs to be watered around the root base, and you want to deep water that tree through the next summer so you'll plant your tree around end of winter in the dormancy period and then you want that tree to really have a good start in life you deep water that root system make sure that tap root goes down and then you change your nozzle say in the second or third year depending on how you're doing and you start watering outward from the tree stem and you really want to be watering that top sort of 30 centimeters so you're not over watering again depending on your soil You might do some short waterings, which are really just getting that top layer wet. And you might do in between a deep watering, which will push water down into the the taproot system and hold it through that drought. So you're playing around with the whole life cycle of the tree and what it can expect.
1: Can you give us an overview on the planting out season?
2: So planting is definitely during dormancy. So we use a host tree being an oak tree. We use two different varieties. We grow them in our nursery, and then we sell the trees. The first one, and the one mostly used in Europe, is the Quercus robo, which is commonly known as an English oak. The problem in the Western Cape with the English oak is it suffers a lot of mildew. In fact, right across South Africa, it has a mildew susceptibility. In Spain, they use a variety of oak called a Quercus ilex, which looks a little bit like a cork tree, but the bark is not as rough as cork. It's kind of darkish. It's commonly known as a holly oak as well. It has a sort of a holly looking leaf and it doesn't lose its leaf in winter, whereas the robo, the English oak, loses its leaf, but it does kind of go into a dormancy in winter. So although it won't lose all its leaves, it does have a kind of a dormancy. So planting is in that winter period. Remember, you're growing roots. You're not really concerned too much about the tree itself. So you want that first sort of um, spring and summer period to kind of develop your root system as much as possible these are things you can't see because they're underground so you, have, you kind of have to have a lot of trust there's a lot of mystery involved with truffle farming
1: can you maybe tell us a little bit more about the pests and diseases to look out for and also ways that you you are mitigating those pests and diseases
2: what you're farming is a fungus so you can't use any kind of fungicides on the tree or in the ground or anything so all the fungal issues, That are going to crop up that may crop up you've got to be very careful you've got to treat them in an organic way so organic farming is a must there are certain instances where you can under extreme conditions you can introduce fungicides and and chemicals but you have to be very careful and there's ways of doing that but you try avoid that the biggest pests are really around the fruiting body itself which is underground it's about you kind of want them to be 15 to 20 centimeters deep not really deeper although it can happen so you want to be dealing with pests that can get at the fruit. When they start swelling up in the ground, they might sometimes cause a crack in the soil, and that's where bugs can get down. You get little black millipedes, they go down and they love truffles. The bugs that we are aware of are the like the Christmas beetle, I think it's called a leodes. Snails and slugs are also pests. You think they don't have teeth, but wow, they've got teeth, and they munch the fruit. So that's the pests for the truffle itself. You do get pests for the tree. Those are all the usual culprits, like a cancer the tree can have, which is ways of treating these. Again, you try not to use chemicals. You use all organic methods. The mildew is an issue. So we try use, for instance, dilute milk for that. It tries to do a preventative. Never stop mildew. Mildew is a funny one. Blows in and you can't really control it very well. For the mildew issue, we switch to this other variety, the elix. Snails, there's ways to deal with. You can, for instance, you can take a small piece of carpet and put it near the tree base, maybe damp it a bit, and you'll find that they actually collect underneath that, and then you pick them up. You can have ducks, geese that will scavenge for snails. You know, So these are organic methods that you have to employ. You've got to use your brain a little bit about, you look at what the pest is and what are its enemies. Like a rhino beetle, they plant a larva underground, and I believe frogs love those. So it's a way. You can try all these things. We also put up owl perches, which go for rats, which will eat your truffles. Moles, there's two different kinds of moles. You get the vegetarian and the the carnivore. So the vegetarian one is the bad guy. So you've got to look out for that. And the biggest thing with pests, I suppose, with any agricultural endeavor is is to be aware that it's there and catch it when it's early so that you're not having to deal with a pandemic. You're actually dealing with a spot problem. So you want to be walking through your orchard and looking at the trees. Other culprits, other pests could be like scale. All the issues that affect the canopy of the tree are bad because they are interfering with the photosynthetic process, which, as I said earlier, is feeding through the photosynthetic process. It's feeding the roots with carbohydrates. So you want your photosynthetic process to be really a strong system Truffles form, the fruit forms in between sort of December and February, they start forming as little, tiny little pips almost. And then they take about four, five, six months around that time, sometimes different periods to form into a fruit, like a ball, almost like a, it looks like a brain if you were to try to describe it. They swell up right at the end in the last sort of month, they kind of swell up and that's where you see the cracks in the ground. If you see cracks in the ground, you just simply cover it with a bit of soil. You can use a little bit of lime. Another big issue pest is other fungal systems. So you don't want to have a competitive fungus arriving in your orchard. One of the benefits of liming heavily here in South Africa, and even in Australia, they have the same soil conditions, is that that lime extreme pH change that you do in your soil, it pretty much interferes with other fungal systems that are in the soil that may try compete with the truffle. The truffle fungus is quite a weak fungus, so you don't want to have any other more dominant fungus coming into your orchard and chasing your truffle away.
1: Can you tell us how long is harvesting season? Is it just six months or is there a little bit more information regarding the harvesting season?
2: Harvesting is the beginning of winter, so it's about eight to 10 weeks long. That's all it is. It's once a year, obviously. The way to harvest is you have to have a trained dog that is trained to get the aroma of the ripening truffle. So from January, February, they're tiny, but they don't have an aroma yet. The perigord truffle is actually kind of white inside and they're kind of a, in the beginning a sort of a reddish color on the outside, ready brown. They only develop the aroma when they start ripening. If a pest like a worm or snails has bitten into it, it could start forcing a ripening. So you'll get one side ripe and the other side maybe not ripe. That ripening process is the aroma that comes out of the soil best in the mornings when there's not much wind and there's kind of a clean palette almost if you want to say for the dog to kind of walk and find that scent on the wind or the drift of wind that's coming through the orchard and the dog will lead you to that scent and then you literally can get down on the ground and sniff the soil and yourself you will smell that smell you get used to it then you know there is a truffle it's ripening you very carefully open up the soil above it until you find that fruiting body You've got to look at its color. If it's got a little bit of red in between the shapes that are on the surface, then it's not ripe. And you cover it up. You don't disturb it too much because if you disturb that fruiting body, you're breaking the mycelial connection to the host tree. If that happens, you unfortunately have to take the truffle out the ground because it will not survive. So you be very careful. What you can do once you've opened up the top, you can actually take a sharp knife and take a little nick off the top of it and look at the color inside. You want the color to be kind of caramelly brown. If it's too light caramel, it's not ready. If it's more on the brown side, it's ready. And that's something you have to get used to. You definitely will pull out a few unripe ones in the beginning, but you quickly learn how that works. July to August is your period of harvest. It's in winter. So you're going to be dressed in lots of warm clothes, heavy boots and gloves, and you've got to get down into the cold and and get going maintenance involved in an orchard is pruning it around the tree. So you, you don't wanna to be too much pruning because remember there's a photosynthetic connection to the roots. So you don't wanna be interfering with it and you don't wanna do that too late in the season because you're gonna interfere with the, that connection. At the end of harvest time is when your maintenance starts. You've got all your truffles out the ground and you then do a little bit of light pruning. You wanna keep the tree small. You don't wanna have this big canopy. And you want to keep it a, a maintainable orchard, essentially. Remember, these trees are planted in rows, pretty much like a fruit orchard or any other orch- like a nut orchard. They're four by four meters, so it's four meters apart. You can go wider. In Europe, they actually do a six-meter row and a four-meter spacing. So pruning is one thing. You do a little bit of pruning. Soil aeration is a technique that's being used a lot all over the world. What you're essentially doing is you down to 10 centimeters, you're disturbing the roots that are coming up for oxygen, actually, while they grow and they're new. And that causes, by damaging those roots, you're causing root splitting to happen. And those new roots is where the mycorrhiza starts the fruiting process. So that aeration or soil disturbance ensures that the fruit happens below that. And that helps protect them from the bugs and the worms and the, and the snails and stuff.
0: Thanks, Octavia. I really enjoyed that discussion. And thank you so much once again for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. Paul Miros from Woodford Truffle, South Africa. For more on this topic, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za. And that's a wrap from me, Donumdu Octavius Bandil, our technical producer, Megan van der and the rest of the Food Zansi team have an absolutely amazing week. Bye for now
1: life in south africa can be a lot i mean scroll through twitter for a minute and tell me i'm wrong thank god for south africans though right we're inspiring and even on the bad days we fight back with a smile that's why i love food form zanzi so much they're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story